If there's one thing we've learned about business and life, it's that people are the X Factor. They constantly surprise us, both in amazing ways and not so much. We're Ben and Sia, and welcome to the Gnaw on This Business Bites podcast. This show is all about real-life things we all deal with every day, how they relate to business, and how to make some sense out of our daily chaos. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to another episode of Non This Business Bites. I'm Ben, and this is Sia. And this week, I want to talk about how to develop organizational culture. Culture. No two cultures are the same. No two companies are the same. Trying to be just like Google doesn't work. <laughs> Trying to be just like Netflix or Amazon or even the company down the street. Even if you do the exact same thing, it's not going to work. Because my people who work for my my company are going to be different from the people that work for your company. My customers are going to be slightly different from your customers. My, my people are going to want, need, fear, and have desires different from some other company. We all need to look at culture as something that we build individually within our organization, and it's going to evolve over time. You're not going to build it overnight. It's not an absolute, and it's just like a website. If you're not continually looking at it, if you're not continually picking at it, if you're not continually building upon it, it's going to fall apart. And we need to take a look at culture that way. Is that it's something that's continually evolving, something that we're constantly having to look at and sit there and say, is this still relevant? Does this still work for us? Is this still who we are? And then be able to do the hard work to change things if the answer is no. So Sia, let's gnaw on this. Oh, I love this. I love this topic because it's, it applies to both small and large organizations. So I, I worked for big companies. I worked for Disney. I worked for Hewlett Packard. You, you can safely say those are large organizations, but I've also worked for a mid tier, you know, SMB uh, size company. I worked for SonicWall, which had like less than 300, 500 people worldwide at the time when I was there. I work for my own company, which is less than five people, right? So I think I feel like I've got this. I've got this topic down because I feel it. So case in point, um, you reminded me of uh, my boyfriend worked at this company. So I'm going to give a shout out to Ignite Technologies. Got bought up by Sonicwall back in God, 25 years ago. Um, ah, it was 25 years ago. How crazy is that? Well, you were but, 15 at the time. so yeah, Exactly. I was 15. So yeah. uh, the thing about their company was uh, so Sonicwell bought their, their reseller partners, but they did manage uh, security. And mm -hmm. so they wanted that expertise of all these engineers who actually knew how to be the outsource, right? Uh, you know, management for security. And one thing I loved about this group it was only 25 people in that company, small company, but they managed some really huge accounts. Um, their corporate culture, their company culture started at the top, if you will. It was started out by a group of friends and a parent investor uh, that were extraordinarily competent people. And as they grew, 
they brought in people that they all knew. They were all referrals. So again, right. small company for 25 people. It, it's, you know, you, you should assume at some point, but they had some out out outsiders come in as well. Mm-hmm. And what they learned and what I observed was they were a bunch of folks who probably didn't know HR stuff that you can and can't say, but that they were learning it together and they had the ability to give each other grace to learn. And that is part of their culture because they were also engineers solving big problems. They did it together. And I think by virtue of that job that they were doing, it just created this like um, camaraderie uh, commiseration together when they're like, oh no, something went down. Like they all jumped in and, and pitched in to help with their expertise. Uh, that as they grew, even the outside hires kind of caught on very quickly. This company isn't like a lone wolf hero situation. This was all hands on deck when all hands on deck needed to be made. And I loved, and I always have loved that uh, camaraderie that they built up to the point where now 25 years later, we still go, meet up we still meet up everyone's spread out internationally but we will meet up in vegas like you know once a year to just to be together again to me that is a company culture that you want to emulate over and over again and it's sometimes difficult to scale that and i think it's very difficult to scale that and and how do you do that i thought i thought hewlett packard actually as they grew they really had a great company corporate culture for a long time for as long as it could sustain itself with the economic conditions of technology. It did evolve. Let's be honest. It obviously has and will always. But there was, when I first joined in 2009, eight, nine, we'll just say some time ago. There we um, go. I felt the familial side of it. Like I actually felt like the different divisions, there was a lot of desire to be there. And then I won't say whatever reason, but let's just say it, it stopped becoming that it was, it stopped being that because we had to be competitive. And so let me ask you this question. Now that I'm thinking about this and I'm walking through the process, at what point does company culture that you cultivate make your company complacent and not innovative? You know, that that's an interesting thing. And before I get there, the question comes down to how are you growing? Are you growing organically or are you going through acquisition? Because when you grow through acquisition, you become a Frankenstein company yeah. if you're not careful. It's very difficult to grow through acquisition and not become a Frankenstein company. It's, it's our culture versus their culture because very few companies onboard the new employees from the, from the acquisition effectively. Because they, they'll sit there and they'll give you your badge mm-hmm. and they'll give you your business cards and they'll give you your desk and your phone and maybe a territory. But they don't onboard the culture. They don't spend the two weeks needed to a month, depending on where it is, actually getting people involved with the culture and building a buddy system between people that have been in the culture for a while and people that are new to the culture and b- helping them build that bridge. So that's that, as I find, is a big challenge. And the bigger the company gets, the harder it gets. And that can lead to what you were saying about companies, you know, losing their innovation because yeah. they you're dealing with a, a variety of different cultures that might have been in, you know, some of them might have been innovative. Some of them might have been uh, more conservative. Some of them th- think this way. Some of them think that way. And 
therefore the culture t- tends to evolve based upon the people that are part of it and, and tr- quite honestly the leadership if yeah. you have if you have innovative leadership if you have risk you know risk tolerant leaderships that are, have an ability to sit there and say look we're going to change we're going to evolve this is the BHAG we're going after this is the the big hairy audacious goal these are the things that we're aspiring to this is why and this is what's going we're going to get to when we get there then you can build doesn't matter how big you are the you have the ability to be able to grow and be able to grow through innovation however most large companies, the bigger they get, the more conservative they get because they have shareholders, they have stakeholders, they have you know uh, stock prices that they're they're you know that they have to justify every every sixty to ninety days. You know you have all those different factors. So as companies get larger, they lose their risk tolerance, and therefore they become more conservative, and therefore their culture becomes more conservative. You know they also have layers upon layers upon layers of management and therefore the bureaucracy builds and as the bureaucracy builds you either have a small group of people that say hey listen better to ask for forgiveness than permission and those people are either tolerated they're spun out or they're given their walking papers yeah okay so let's think about this I wonder, and you made a big point here, if we had the ability to cross train, like meaning all new hires as part of their orientation is to work with a different division, different group and learn their ways. Uh, maybe it's not a new hire. Maybe it's like a six months into the job thing. Like you got to learn your job first, right? So yeah, maybe absolutely. it might be, maybe it might be for the folks that have been there a year, they get an opportunity to cross train. You know what? I've never thought about this before because I actually did this when I was at Disney. We got to cross train um, with the characters because uh, when we first uh, worked with the Goofy's Kitchen concept, yes, I was one of the OG pilots. Woohoo! Anyway, yeah, I done date myself yet again. Uh, but the character department, they were just like, dudes, you can't be like pulling on me all the time to get to your table and your restaurant. You know, like we, we have a process we have to flow through. You can't just be yanking us all over the place because it screws up the flow. It screws up the, the organization of it. Right. Because all the characters have to like spend their time out. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, I appreciate that cross training because I got to see, I got to live in their shoe. Why do you think we don't see that often enough? Okay, that's my ultimate question. Why do you think we don't see it? Is it because we don't got time? It's not important enough? What do you I think? I think we don't make the time. And we and it's not justified and seen as expense, uh, important enough. People sit there and say, this costs money. Here's a perfect example. There's a company just pre-COVID that I was working with. And what we were going to do is they had just acquired, they were a 50,000-employee company, and they were just about to acquire an 8,000 person company. And mm. they were basically acquiring them for their technology. They, they make no bones about it. They were, they were buying them because of their technology. I said, what's it going to cost you guys to onboard these people? Oh, it's going to be millions. It's going to be about $24, $25 million to onboard, about $3,500 a, a person to, to onboard these people. I said, okay, if you don't onboard them properly, what we're going to lose out, we'll lose. 30% of these people, you know, easily will lose 30% of the people. I said, can I say that that's going to cost you, you know, 
somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty to one hundred thousand dollars a person. They said, "Yeah, that's that's about right." So, say say we're you know we're losing about two thousand two thousand people at somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand eighty to one hundred thousand. So that's that's six that's sixteen million dollars. So you know, do we spend twenty four million dollars to save to save sixteen million dollars? That's the question. What we proposed instead was we created an internal private and secure podcast that went out to every single employee over three years. And that podcast was behind closed doors. It was stream only. It wasn't on Spotify. It wasn't on iHeart. And it was designed to build the cultural relationships, to get everybody to know each other, to understand why people do what they do, what do different departments do, what's important yes. to them, how do they, how does things get passed from one to the other and the ideology. And this was going to cost them somewhere in the neighborhood of 10% of what it would have cost them to do a traditional onboard over mm. three years. So instead of a one and done, it was a, it was a three-year program. It was going to cost them 10%. And we were all set to go ahead with this. And then COVID came and other priorities obviously oh. came the thing. But the problem is companies don't realize what it costs them to not have harmony within the company, to, to not have people understanding why people do what they do, who the top customers are and why, what are the, what are the pain points of the customers yeah. Think of what happened if if your operations people understood who your top 10 clients were, what their pain points are, what these people did and who they served. Do you think that would change the way that the 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 stuff got pick-packed and shipped and 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 sent out and, and the level of care and the level of attention that got done? I think it would. So we need to take a look at say at this as is not just you know a singularity but how does it affect, how does the culture and how does this affect the organization as a whole? You know, you just got me thinking on that. Like, I'm a huge fan of internal podcasts, um, more so than external facing, because they serve different purposes, first off, right? Yeah. Walmart actually has an, uh, an it was originally started as an internal podcast that they started playing over, like, like now they call it the Walmart radio. Yep. And it's like, you know, hey, meet your regional director and all that stuff. But you, you know what you also remind me of is like that maybe competitive spirit. But there was a, again, a a camaraderie between departments when you do, you like decorate your Christmas tree competition. You know what I mean? And it's like each department had their own little thing. And then everyone would just parade around and check each other's out. Right now, granted, if you're a huge company, you can still absolutely do it by just doing a video competition mm -hmm. of your own said, you know, how do you celebrate the holidays and whatnot? It's such a simple act of just giving a moment of reprieve outside of your daily task to let your mind wander and have some fun that I think I think is, I think is what's needed to, to help build that culture of, you know, I'm not saying it's gotta be fun times, party times all the time, but it's gotta be a, but there ain't nothing wrong with having a little fun every now and then either. Right. But, but a culture and, and we, we should end with this is that a culture doesn't always have to be kumbaya. No, there are cultures true. out there that are hard grinding, hard hitting, you know, business, business only cultures. 
and they attract people that that's the type of business that they want to be in. Exactly. You know? and, and there's nothing wrong with them. If, if, that, if you self-select into that culture and you sit there and say, you know what? I'm not into this woke stuff. I'm not into this fairy dust. I, you know, I want to work for a company that's serious people doing serious things. You know, the hang with political correctness. I, you know, we just, we just work and we have a lot of fun together and, you know, and we're, and, and everybody works hard and plays hard. That's a different type of culture. 100, and you know what? 100%. That attracts a certain level of people. So sure. not every culture has to be this kumbaya Hold hands and and and, yeah. and go you know go uh, you know uh, uh, canoeing together. Culture there, there's all sorts of cultures for all sorts of companies, and what the culture should do is not only self-select but self-deflect. Interesting. I feel like we keep talking. I know we're running way over time. So, so there we go. So we'll leave we'll leave it there. So I'm Ben. And I'm Sia. And we'll see you soon. Hey, 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 thanks for listening to another episode of Not On This, Business Bites. If you liked what you heard, we most humbly ask that you like, share, and hit that subscribe button. And if you want to communicate more effectively within your organization, contact Ben at yourbrandmarketing.com or me at brilliantbeammedia.com. We can help you build your community, brand awareness, personality through digital content and podcasting. We cannot wait to hear from you. So see you next week for another episode of Not On This, Business Fights.